I was going to open this. I was maybe going to open this. Oh my god! <laughs> that like fucking like leapt out of the bottle. <laughs> I'm not fucking joking. That went like a foot in the air. <laughs> oh my god! That was yeah. That was beyond gushy. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Welcome to another episode of the Neutral Cider Hotel podcast. I am, as ever, your host, Gabe Cook, or Gabo, to those in the superhero community. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Are you well? Uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, we'll be speaking to the lovely James and Susanna Forbes and the cider gremlin in chief himself, Blair Cote of gremlin Little Pomona. Yes, that's kind of what he calls himself, isn't it? Uh, of Little Pomona Cider of Herefordshire, because you're going to be sampling several dry, still ciders from uh, the Little Pomona uh, selection uh, in preparation for their Some Like It Still event happening Ooh. later this month. But first, well, you know, normally at this point, I get to do a gratuitous plug of ciderology, and this... Uh, this segment won't be won't be any different. Except I'm going to have another gratuitous <laughs> plug as well. Um, I've started doing some uh, online tasting sessions with a guy called Bob. Hi, Bob. Uh, Bob runs TastingOnline.co.uk. If you want to have a great side of testing for friends, family, or for your office, you get ejected. Uh, www.TastingOnline.co.uk. How much did he pay for that advert? No, <laughs> you don't come in with that. You're smooth, like, and if you want tasting. <laughs> Go on, no, carry on with your advert, your product placement. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and I did a tasting session with some lovely gentlemen from Fishguard the other week. And it was like two days before uh, Sunday brunch. And I happened to mention, uh, obviously, during the tasting session, gratuitously, uh, I said, please buy my book, I think, about three or four times. And they sort of laughed with a little bit of self-pity. Um, but I said, no, no, really, please buy my book, Ciderology. And... And and they said, once I mentioned, like, oh, and, you know, tune in in a couple of days' time, you can say, hey, I saw that man off the telly. They said, Gabe, if you mention the Fishguard Roundtable on Sunday brunch, we promise we'll all buy your book. And so, you know, as well as obviously mentioning to to the to the nation about the Nutricider Hotel, obviously everybody knows about it anyway, but I just yes. thought I'd give it a little bit of an extra plug. Um, I also did sneak in hello to the boys from Fishguard. And to be fair, didn't really think any more of it until I was then <laughs> bombarded by um, messages from people who I'd, I'd seen some faces on the, on the Zoom screen on that night, but I had no idea of these names. And all these random Welsh men were, were messaging me, um, posting uh, photos of them proudly holding their copies of Ciderology. There's one guy who even had two copies. Um, I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it was a mistake. He was a bit too drunk and he bought... <laughs> Buy one, get one free somewhere, probably. Oh, no, I've, I've bought the signed one. I want the, uh, I want the new one. <laughs> Someone's used. written on mine. Yeah. Can I, can, I, can I have a discount, please? What did you offer them to get the plug on here? Or what did they, what did mm. they offer to do for you? To get this plug on Neutral Cider Hotel, the 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 fish guard boys have have no idea there. You being could have got another mentioned. book sale out of that, Gabe. You should have said, "Oh, oh I'll get you mentioned on the podcast as well." If you buy the book, that's obviously what that one guy thought. He was like, "Oh, I'll get mentioned on the podcast as well." Buy another uh, copy. Maybe you get them to buy an advanced copy of the next book. This is very true. Good idea, Scott. Modern British Cider by Gabe Cook coming later this year. Um, everything is all going to be leading. I, I'm rapidly approaching the tipping point, aren't I? Whereby I maybe you know shouldn't be promoting ciderology so much. Anyway, dare I say? <laughs> dare I say I've I have done enough gratuitous plugs. Martin Grant, Scott, dear friends, how are we? Are we all right? Good man. Yeah. Um, funny you mentioned Ciderology by Gabe Cook. Um, I've been, I was, I was feeling a bit left out this week with in in such uh, in such company as as two of the finest alcoholologists 
in 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 certainly in the country, possibly in the world, with the siderologists and the, and the periologists. So um, <laughs> I, li- I didn't know I was included. I, I was, I was like, like, who, who is this guy? <laughs> the, the calvadosologist. <laughs> Who's this? Well, yeah. I, so I decided maybe maybe there's someone out there better. You know, better suited to, to <laughs> sit, in my, sit in my chair. In my oh, chair. okay. It sounded like you were just dicking. I'm like, I've gone on a roller coaster with this sentence, Grant. <laughs> Carry on. No, someone, someone who's more qualified to sit in my chair as an ologist um, no. along, alongside, oh, no. alongside you no. two ologists. So, my first, the first protocol, Google beerologist. There must be a beerologist oh, out there. No. Turns out there is. Is there? There oh, is, there is. There, well, there's a, there's a Facebook page called the Beerologist. There's no, doesn't see many pictures yet, but um, of of uh, uh, said ologist's face. But um, uh, it was created on the 25th of November just last year. So, Gabe, you probably you know probably had something to do with uh, inspiring mm. this person to become an ologist of beer. I did actually just Google beerologist, and it's an urban dictionary. It's and it's an Sadly, quite, you know, dull and straight. A connoisseur, oh, a connoisseur in the ways and general awesome nature of consuming and reaping the advantages of beer. It's quite a horrible thing. Mm. But then it's the, then it's the, it's the phrase, which is, dude, that's a sick beer amid. You must be a beerologist. Uh, that oh. sounds like something you would say, Gabe. I know. That's why it's just <laughs> so repugnant. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like sounds like the beerologist isn't welcome. So that's that's fine. Um, so, uh, so we'll move on. We'll move on to the your, next ologist. Your seat's safe, Grant. <laughs> seat's oh safe, my beerologist. Uh, my next, it's under next natural step was cheese. You know, nope. might match quite well with the peri and the cider. So yeah. cheeseology. So there is, there's also a cheeseologist, okay. Lucy Inns, Brighton-based purveyor of fine cheese and chutneys, handmade in the British Isles. Looks like Lucy has a an awesome little truck and, and appears at farmer's markets and all that like with selling cheese. Um, so if you want to look at, uh, uh, this is, uh, Twitter, it's cheeseology, quite simple at cheeseology. Um, don't know what you guys think of that. Well, I, I, I just want to know, I just want to know what are the benefits you can reap from buying cheese from a cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a question for Lucien's, not for oh. me. Um, but, but then, Oh, there's more. Yes. So I stumbled upon my replacement. Manchester's own uh, expert medical legal NIHL audiologist who works at Boots Hearing Care, the one and only (laughs) Dave Cock. (laughs) (laughs) There he is. There he is. Dave Cock. The audiologist. Is it, is, is, wow, you see, audiologists, uh, or ologists rather, of the world unite. Um, well, look, Dave, if you're listening, you're, you know, you're welcome to join, to join the show anytime. Sounds like you'll get on like a house on fire with the, with the ologists <laughs> and co. Good research, Grant. Nicely done. But can, but can I, but I kind of say, yeah, your, your seat is so safe. We, we, we need you. I mean, like really, we, 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 we Martin and I need you desperately. Thanks. Thanks for uh, that. God, well, so that's why I, I researched ologist this week and landed. Bravo! Landed on Dave Cock, the audiologist. Yeah. Mate, honestly, I didn't. I you told it so well, I didn't know where it was going. So I don't know if you're mute out, Scott, but I literally felt like a whoopee cushion made flesh. I was going. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think uh, for me, I, it's been a crazy week already. But uh, one thing I know, listeners at home can't see, but. This is what's going to be going out um, soon, uh, which I was very pleased with, uh, and I'm probably going to forget to say the name of it. But uh, <laughs> no, it's in. <laughs> it is in touch too uh, with Martin from Pilton, um, and one of the things I can guarantee, uh, I there are plenty of benefits to reap from having this cider. So uh, <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to say that I'm so proud of it and I cannot wait to get it into everyone's hands. I, I was wondering whether you might call it in touch again, you know, rather than just in touch too. I, honestly, I wish you'd not, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Or back in touch. I'm, I'm back, oh, the, you see, oh, you see, mate. you're the punologist, Grant. You see, yeah. you're all over it. You're much better than me. Yeah. You're much better than me. 
Oh god. Scott, can you get me those social media handles, please? <laughs> yep. Done. <laughs> oh, oh brother. Well that's that's very exciting. Um when when do the good people of Great Britain get to try uh, in touch to Martin? Well, uh, good job I ripped off the label that said it, but um, it's going to be on Friday, the 23rd of April, part of uh, Southwest Cider Week. Uh, so it's going to be a live live sync drinking then uh, for all of it and a label reveal kind of thing. So, uh, And it's going to be for sale before that, so you can get it and keep it for then. But on the label, Martin has written, uh, if you can't handle it, like just drink it now and buy another one i think he's a he, last time a lot of people didn't join on the drink and i think they waited like oh do, can i open it now it's like mate i'd rather you buy seven so uh <laughs> however you drink it that's fine by me. exciting exciting very good stuff well that's uh, and look so graham what else um has been on your radar this week yeah, so last week, uh, March 8th, was International Women's Day, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to um, give a shout-out to some, some influential women in the world of cider. Um, so so I'm going to start off with, with a cider maker um, from Welsh Mountain Cider uh, called uh, Shava Richmond. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It's terrible, but I, uh, if I'm wrong, I apologise. Um, I tried the Welsh Mountain Cider Borders Bittersweet the other week from the cat in the glass and thought it was fantastic. So uh, a shout out to them. And also uh, carrying on from that, Nikki Kong, who runs the cat in the glass and helps Dick and Kath with Manchester Cider Club and other really influential uh, women in the cider world who's who's doing a lot um, to, to raise the profile and, and get cider to, to new people. Um, and... Uh, uh, a writer that I that I really really enjoy reading um, is Rachel Henry, uh, who who writes at uh, J'adore Le Planck, this wine newsletter, and also writes for um, f- Friends of the Pod, Birum Collective. Um, hey. So so yeah, just, I think it's you know every day b- we should uh, celebrate um, women in the world of cider and the world, but uh, you know. Um, this day and this week specifically, um, um, I I feel like it was a good thing to to mention some uh, some influential people doing doing good things. Yeah, definitely. And uh, gotta say, open invitation to all of them to come on the show. Love to hang out with them. And I think we, as three cider loving men, could reap the benefits of hanging out with some cool fucking women. Bloody right. I see, a, I see anybody... a, re- a reaping benefits theme happening here. <laughs> I think you could tell by my tone that that was the wrap up. Did you see that was like the the finish of the thing? But we've now opened it up, so there'll be another one later in the show. <laughs> and for uh, anybody who's listening who wants to um, learn about learn more about women within the cider industry, do check out the uh, the groups within the UK. We've got Cider Women, um, and you'll find them on on Facebook and on Twitter. Did you join them? I attempted to join them <laughs> to 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 showcase my support, but apparently I'm not a woman, so um, I can show my support in other ways, like by signposting people who are in fact women to join Cider Women. Yes. Uh, and, and we're very supportive of that, of course. And in the USA, we have Pom Boots as well, the Pom Boots Society, which again is about championing women within the US industry. Thanks to all of them for continuing to be an amazing, amazing inspiration to all of us. Yeah. Also, the uh, the continued work of the No Apologies uh, movement. It's like it's still going, still doing good work. And honestly, uh, love love to the guys for keeping that up because it's just it's heartwarming to see a tag insider that's so positive and full of uh, sort of life. I love it. Bravo. Bravo. All right, that's going to do it for our rambles this week. Now, let's brush our moustaches, fluff up our hair, turn to the cameras with our best Ron Burgundy stare, and let's see what's happening in the news. Time for the big, hard-hitting news of the week, and um, well, I'm I'm going to make it about me. Why not? Ray? I'm talking, uh, um, uh, and, and not without some good reason. At 
actually it's been in the pipeline for a while and, and i seem to remember um you know there being a question about this way back in in episode two three or four about cider courses cider training and you know i've been running courses with the uh, the beer and cider academy here in the uk for the last 12 months has been a hiatus because of because of covid i'm going to have a crack at bringing them online the foundation course uh, is up and running i'm doing it in conjunction with crafty nectar so you can do high quality world-class cider training from the comfort of your own home you can do them in your gym jams why not Whoa. um i know not bad can, eh? wait well, okay what benefits could you reap from these courses that's, that's a very good question, Martin, uh, and, and good good to keep that theme going throughout the entirety of the show, which makes us all feel a little bit awkward. Um, mostly that you'll become really informed about some of the language, terminology, sensory organoleptic profiles of different types of ciders so that you can become more informed, knowledgeable and passionate as an advocate within the industry uh, or just have a, a bit of a fun time uh, with a lot of people on Zoom drinking some ciders with some fun, like-minded people. Go to craftynectar.com uh, and the link is there for the Cider for the cider Foundation box. Don't go to craftynectar.com. Dot com so minus the y as i did accidentally because but but you can do it if you want if you want to have a really good quilt it's a modern quilt <laughs> studio um if it's a little chilly have a quilt over your legs um uh that's what um i think uh, uh megan made mention of that didn't she in the article i know we weren't going to mention the monarchy too much on this incendiary episode but she, the queen has a little uh, little quilt over her legs so you can pretend to be the queen drinking some cider uh, during our training session i did the course and uh it was great it was great i would recommend it to anyone not the fucking queen though would you recommend the quilts <laughs> yeah for the queen or for you <laughs> no quilt for you queenie but courses for the people um and i will i will actually uh be um running in conjunction with this with the periologist uh we're setting up the foundation as well it's a ragtag version uh no money behind Martin, it and what guess what, what, yeah. what what benefits could you reap from from such a course i think you actually i think you might lose knowledge i think you'd become <laughs> a less informed person I'm, by the end of it i'm ready to lose knowledge so <laughs> sign me up there's too much too much knowledge in the world well uh, uh, do check out the courses. Uh, I do believe, actually, that the March one has already sold out. April is filling up, um, but there will be more courses coming online if there is the demand. So do uh, do check it out. Uh, speaking of increasing knowledge on uh, on the other side of the pond, there's a really important book that has just been uh, released. It is called American Cider, A Modern Guide to a Historical Beverage. Um, and... <laughs> God, you're just you're like the Van Gellis of cider podcast, Scott. This is amazing. You're welcome. Uh, Dan Pucci, well known within the US cider community, he used to work at Wassell, the fantastic pioneering bar on Orchard Street in Manhattan. Um, Craig Cavallo as well, uh, it, it, and you can buy it uh, in the UK as well. Head to um, uh, bookshop.org on both sides of the pond, actually, and that's a, a great place to purchase this book. Hopefully, we'll be able to have uh, Dan and possibly Craig on the show a yes. little uh, a little further down the line to tell us all about it, so that we can actually talk about some of the you know the, the nuances of american cider with some you know insight rather than just our our tropes and insight that we normally uh, are do you, are you saying that my deep analysis of the five or six american <laughs> ciders i've had has not provided you with any insider information into american cider did you say I, insider yeah. information there scott with, <laughs> oh i'm getting on the pun train Hey, back off, Scott. Jeez, there's only one punologist on this podcast. I literally have just been crowned, and you're trying to take it off me. Well, I got the handles already, and I haven't given them to you yet, so. Oh, you're a sneaky one. <laughs> sneaky, oh, sneakyologists. Yada, yada. That was like the Scottish version of, you know, the, uh, the guy's like, oh, you're teasing me. <laughs> you're a sneaky one. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's going to do it for the news this week. Coming up next is our chat and tasting with James and Susanna Forbes and Blair Corte of Little Pomona Cider.
go. It's time for this week's interview. Martin, please welcome our returning guests to the show. Yeah, uh, it feels a bit like deja vu, but these guys Ooh. were the first guests on our podcast. Uh, they bring style and substance to the world of dry cider in Herefordshire. Between them, they've written a beautiful book, The Cider Insider, co-published a zine, Graftwood, and messaged me non-stop about Neutral Milk Hotel. So checking into our hotel tonight and bringing something a little bit different. It's James, Susanna and Blair of Little Pomona. Guys, welcome again to the hotel. Uh, Thank you. You're our first second guest and you are are our first guest, but you are our second guest because technically Tom was. So this is the repeat first second. Oh boy. (laughs) Wow. So confusing. The returning of the first repeat, third, second, first. Um, <laughs> third of their name. Superb. Yeah. Well, we, we, we're, we, we're very honoured to be yeah. whatever it is you just said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. We did. We, we liked the bar at the hotel, so we thought we had to come back and just, yeah. you know, um, see if bar. it was still, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, well exactly. r- rumour has it that uh, we're actually going to be doing something completely different. Uh, and you're going to be taking over for us. Uh, ah. And we're actually going to be having a tasting of some uh, still ciders courtesy of the Little Pomona. So do you want to tell us tell us about what the Little Pomona have been up to and uh, what we're doing tonight? Yeah. Sure. Well, this is going to be our first tutor tasting online. And it's... Oh, it's a- honoured. Honoured. <laughs> it is, I know. It's you, really... you, you guys are the guinea pigs. Yeah, exactly. Right? We're going to learn everything <laughs> tonight. Yeah, what, what's worse is you're going to take it back and you're going to be like, uh, all right, so we have to pause every five minutes for weird jokes that don't make sense. That's <laughs> what actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so, don't worry, James is on hand for the jokes. We'll be fine for that. <laughs> so, all right. So, first off, yeah, explain to us what we're doing properly and also the benefits we can reap from it. Okay. Wow! Over wow. to you, James. This is your God. Well, the the idea, I like. I've seen a lot of these things going on in the wine business. So, there's mm. lots of wine wineries and wine companies sending out small samples to to do with um to, to do exactly what we're planning to do, and then. Of course, I thought with cider it's going to be difficult because they're all they're all sparkling. So this decanting sparkling cider into small bottles and sending them out, waiting for a few days, is probably going to be difficult. And then I went, wait a minute, we make loads of still ciders. We can actually do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also the idea was that we could. Um, there's a lot of online cider tastings and they're great and we've participated in lots of them. But, you know, if you're tasting five ciders, you're probably spending 50, 60 quid to get the pack and then you have to open all six of them mm-hmm. or whatever. And it becomes a very expensive or, or or an exercise in which you can only participate in small amounts. So I thought, well, if we can do this and make it affordable, people can try five different things and it doesn't break the banks. So that's mm. that's kind of it. So Yeah. And also... Dry cider is 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 super cool at the moment. So, um, and still cider is the coolest of all ciders. <laughs> so uh, we wanted to bring uh, an experience of some some of our favourite styles of ciders to to um, to anyone who wanted to participate. Really, so that's, but that's, particularly that's to it. the hotel, yeah, you know, the hotel bar, obviously. Uh, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. I also wanted to add that uh, you, you, you you won't need a, you won't need a bucket. There's no need for like Grant's spill bucket or anything. Well, I've I've yeah. already opened uh, a bottle and had to clean up with a towel at the start of this episode. Uh, I had a bottle of of this Burrow Hill and it, it went everywhere. Um. So thanks. I really appreciate you thinking of me. Yes, yeah. Cre- creating yeah. a business model for it. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have our own branded line of buckets coming out soon. Oh my yeah. god! We need we need we need yeah. to get money in somehow. Um, tune, in, <laughs> tune in and chuck out the slops with Neutral Cider Hotel. So, so, so yeah. well, well, let's let's start here. Little Pomona, Susanna, James, you've been on the show. Blair, what are you bring to the team? Like uh, our listeners don't know you, so who are you? Oh, um, well, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm an assistant cider maker here at Little Pomona. Uh, well. Not uh, an assistant, the assistant. It's just the three of us, really. So, 
Um, <laughs> assistant to the cider maker. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's an important, it's a, Blair, it's an important distinction. Like I'm not, you know, a ciderologist. I'm the ciderologist. You are the assistant cider maker. Own it, my friend. This is important. Exactly. Yeah. The assistant cider maker at the little Pomona. I didn't want people to like get the impression that we were like a big cider factory or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, it's a small operation. Uh, yes. Um, anyways, that's, that, that's Ryan. You are the one and only. I'm, uh, so yeah, I was a hobby cider maker for a long time working in tech and then kind of decided to leave the tech world and uh, simultaneously decided to move over to the UK to kind of help out for harvest and just ended up staying. So I thought I would kind of be here for six months or something like that. But, you know, I'm almost, I'm like, you know, six months from the end of my visa now. So, you know, it's, it's. It's crazy, no. yeah. But so I'm gonna try and get a new visa. So yeah. So this box, uh, guys, do you want to tell us uh, what's in it and what we're going to be doing tonight with it? Yeah. Um, well, we got uh, five still ciders, um, um, and the they are Old Man and the Bee 2018. Uh, the second one will be Somerset Red Street, which is not yet released yet, but it's from 2019. Uh, then we have Orange Cider, or the other, aka the cider with no name. Oh. Uh, the fourth one is Netherwood Estate, and the fifth one is a very special um, Solera Foxwell. Oh, mm. special, special, special. Things. But we're just going with three tonight, aren't we? But we're just going to go with three tonight, and we're going to do the first three. So Old Man, Somerset Red Streak, and Orange Cider. Well, guys, uh, for. Yeah, first off as well, these gorgeous little medicinal bottles. Uh, just going to crack it and say cheers. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Cheers. 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 Let's do it. Full to the brim, mate. I nearly spilled it all over my computer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I should warn you about that. <laughs> that's how you... How, how do you stop it getting oxidized? Well, you just make sure there's no room for it. That's the... <laughs> You've got it. Well, yeah, I, could tell, I could tell you, we, we did a very complex thing. We sterilized the bottles. We then filled them with CO2 and then filled them right to the top. So we tried to eliminate oxygen as far as possible in the process. And obviously no issues with um, stabilisation because they are bone dry. And you're obviously big fans and big advocates of, of bone dry ciders. We'll obviously have a bit of a natter with that as we as we go through. So first up, what have we got? So first up is the Old Man and the Bee 2018, um, which is the fourth vintage of Old Man and the Bee in a row that we've released. Uh, the idea behind Old Man and the Bee is it's a, it's a reflection of this, the season in which the fruit was grown, the fruit itself, and the piece of land, which is our home orchard um, here in Thornbury, on which the fruit is grown. Uh, and we do that without, um, well, up until this point anyway, without the use of oak. Uh, so this guy is a blend of, of predominantly Dabinet and Harry Masters Jersey. I think it's 50% and 37.5%. And a little bit of Ellis Bitter. And just before we bottled it, we decided to add a bit of Foxwell just to lift the acidity a bit. Uh, 2018 was a super ripe year. So you've got a lot of phenolic development, a lot of tannins, but the acids were quite low. So we needed to spike that up a bit with um, with some Foxwell. So while, while you're having a wee taste there, what we hope is that we can kind of show different stories when we when we're having our tasting. And what's really fun is that Actually, it's a sellout, so that's fun that people want to have a, have a trace of these. So this is, if you like, a blend from an amazing year. The 2018 season was really, really warm and sunny mm. and yeah. everything like that. So it'll be interesting what people find. So actually, we'd like to ask you what you find on this, because the whole thing with our tasting will be, it'll be sort of interactive yeah. and people can ask questions whenever they might want. Well, well here it is. I, I posted, um, when was it? It was uh, in January. Uh, I had like the 2017 and I noticed I'd had the uh, all three kind of mm. thing on the run-up. Um, and I just reading back then and that kind of, I said orchard spice rind and barrel on like, like that kind of woody note on the nose. And you're saying it's not in barrel. This is like that, but amped up. Like it's like perfumey kind of, there's a little yeah. floral note as well. So uh, where's where's that coming from? Is that just uh, oak? No, I think I think it's a characteristic of our orchard, um, the, and, and particularly Harry Masters Jersey, which always has this the ripe fruit when it's when it's sitting in the shed smells of honeysuckle, 
It's really extraordinary. And that kind of yellow flowers always seems to come through in Old Man and the Bee. And I think it's a characteristic of all four of the vintages. So I think it's the orchard because there's no, I mean, there's a tiny component of barrel in here, but it's not, I don't think it's coming from that. We're going to suggest that folks can uh, obviously taste the way and then maybe leave a bit in the glass and then they can go back to it and see how it evolves. Or... That, that sounded like a really polite way of saying slow down, guys. We usually recommend you don't actually just neck it. Martin, put, why you got a straw? Yeah. <laughs> don't, do, don't do the straw pedo, Martin. Yeah. This is not, not, not the time nor the place. For... I did ask earlier if we could blend them later, yeah. but James looked at me askance. No. So, you know. we've, done the, we've done the blending. We've done the blending. James is wrong entirely, and that's exactly how we're going to finish. Uh, <laughs> and goodbye! Yeah. But, but yeah, again, like uh, I'd, I'd written Barrel before, and I think I meant that kind of like rich, orchardy character. Um, and yeah. this... This has that, and also the the tannins work and give it structure, but it's not like big bitter. It's just it's actually really gentle on the finish. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you tried it like a, a year ago, the tannins were not gentle. So the old man of the bees about time as well. You just need mm. to give the whole liquid time to to be what it's going to become. It's 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 just a a, a, a kind of waiting game really, just to manage those tannins yeah. with a bit of judicious blending as well. So I think we thought we were going to release this. Months ago, didn't we? Yeah, we planned to release this before Christmas, but <laughs> yeah, I um, was told. I was told that were you were a bit yeah. busy with the last seven other releases. There, we, we we decided not to. Just what, sometimes when you bottle stuff, it gets a bit shocked and shook up, and it, it, it takes a while to to come back together again. And we just thought uh, it wasn't ready, so we left it another six months, basically. So, mm. uh, Blair, you've got your nose in the glass. What are we, what are you saying as well? I, I don't know. This cider to me, like, always actually just tastes like the orchard just over that way, you know? Like, I mean, mm. I guess listeners can't see that way, but just on the other side of the fence where we're talking. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, this cider, like, and every time we've served it in the tasting room quite a few times, and every time people taste it, um, they're kind of a lot of them are shocked i think or a lot of people are surprised that they really love still cider you know there's like this thing where uh it kind of blows people's minds and to me the way that i always feel about this specific cider is that it just tastes like that orchard it's like it reminds me of walking through that orchard on like a nice kind of fall day and it, and it just it, i don't know i don't know how how it happens but it really and I'm not trying to bring the whole terroir thing into it, but it's it really tastes like that place to me. Well, well, okay. So, so sorry, producer Scott. We we might need to bring in our <gasps> our friend. Excellent. Ah. Oh, I was hoping we He's might. He's been away, dear old friend. Yes. Horse knowledge has been away getting some new shoes. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um. um more shoes, less glue. It's the horse of knowledge. <laughs> you can tell we thought about the backstory of the horse there. Absolutely. Um, uh, so uh, for, for those for those of you who are quite new to the show and are wondering, uh, are, are we actually um, off our minds? Uh, the horse of knowledge is our opportunity to uh, give a little, little bit of sort of a, a educational insight into some of the some of the more technical terms that we're using. Well, well, the the term was tawar, and I know for a fact. Um, I've had it summed up really beautifully for me. Uh, Helen and Smith, uh, they just said dirt. And that clears yeah. that, that up. <laughs> but no, Gabe, do you want to give us the, the real explanation and not the joke one from a comedian? I'll, 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 I'll give my interpretation. I'd be interested to hear whether anybody has anything different. It's about the impact of, of the place where the fruit is grown. And I would also say where the cider is made and maybe some of the cultural heritage and the traditions that inform that place and those people who make it. So we're talking about the climate. We're talking about the soil. We're talking about the geology. We're talking about um, the way that the fruit has been grown. We're talking about the aspect. We're talking about the age of the trees and how many nutrients have been put into them over the course of the years. And that you can have the same 
apple variety or varieties or blends of apples um, that in different locations and places can produce uh, ciders that taste entirely different because they are the expression of that place and of that time and of those producers. And certainly I think one of the greatest attributes about Little Pomona is that you do, in, in, a, in a short space of time that you've been making cider, you, you do have, a, I think, quite a strong identity in the liquids that you produce, partly from the way that you make them, but because you are in the main, right, utilizing kind of the set, the, the, the generally the, the same, the same varieties, often from the same orchards, but your playfulness and creativity means that you get different styles and exponents. Mm. Um, but there is some kind of commonality uh, between them. So, how, how, how do you tease out these different styles and these different interpretations? I don't know. The thing is, there's no there's no plan. There's no recipe. It's it's all. We're still learning. Every every harvest um, is 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 a kind of new thing to us because we haven't been doing it for that long. So it's pure intuition, really. Um, but I think we're um, and it's great having Blair as well because he's very sensitive to the fruit and the and what's going on in the fermentation. So it's and that's all we're doing really is is following the journey of the apples through fermentation. And at some point, if you're listening carefully, these liquids will suggest things to you. And then we try and follow that path. So it's it it, it sounds ridiculous really. And there's no way to run a business, let me tell you. We should have <laughs> we should have fifty thousand liters of a base cider and then just play around with that. We don't do that. So we're just following all these little individual vessels and and at some point, something will occur to us and it's like, bang, that's what we should do. And this is going to taste great. Well, um, one one question I wanted to ask on that. Um, we spoke at the episode ages ago now with Tom Oliver, but he was talking about and alluding to having a blend ready in your mind before the juice is there. And you're saying about following the juice. Have you ever shot shot the gun too quick on a juice and gone, oh, this is where it's going to go and had your plan changed? <laughs> Um, probably. <laughs> well, uh, and actually, yes. I mean, and this tasting will, um, yeah, this tasting will um, will show that yes, because no, the third cider, orange cider, yeah. was destined to be uh, 2019 Old Man and the Bee. But ah. these two barrels didn't want to be Old Man and the Bee. They wanted to be something else. So we followed that the path of those two barrels rather than trying to to bend it to our will. It's like, well, they they know what they're doing. So just well, just just before just before we move on to um, another cider, I, I just wanted to quickly say that this, this is a, a really impressive cider, and the, the, what I really enjoyed about it was um, all, all the standout characters were. The sort of the, the the weight and the in, and the intensity of it. I know James, you um, you previously had a, a background in working for wines of Argentina, and in terms of some of the the boldness and the weight of like a, a big Malbec or like a big Rioja, just in terms of its sheer big, slightly bolshy joiners, but without being hard or harsh in any way, but just sort of weight and intensity. Um, that's what really kind of shone through for me, which is which is which. But but being sort of but being subtle at the same time, exactly as as Martin alluded to. So. Brilliant. That's, oh, a, that's, that's a great that's really good. Cool. No, thank you. Wonderful. Hey. That's uh, nice. Really, really, really good. So what should we do next? Should we do number two? Yeah, do it in number yeah. sequence, bird. Do it in order. There okay, we well, number two, Somerset Red Street, 2019. Um, I wanted to, we wanted to show something that was um, not ready, or not in our <laughs> view ready. <laughs> we, wa we wanted to charge you for something that ain't good. Is that what <laughs> no, 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 Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I wanted, I wanted like the, everything else is finished and ready to go. But this is something that, um, and it alluded to what we were talked about earlier on about about pulling old man and the bee and leaving it till it was ready. Um, the Somerset Red Street is, is tasting great and it's really interesting, but I feel it needs more time in the bottle before we actually release it. Well, uh, Kip, should we should we discuss single variety versus blends at this point? And what's your well? This I guess we've we've just we've tried a, a blend, and now we're trying a single variety. What what is, what is your approach to 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 those two different ways of of cider making? I guess we make very few single varietals um, because I kind of think, for the most part, apple varieties don't have enough 
individually to carry a, a single varietal, but there are some that can. Um, and again, you know, we didn't set out to make a single varietal Somerset Red Streak, and there's a big story behind this, which I should probably tell. Um, uh, but it ended up, we just followed it again. We just followed it. We did a few things along the way. But basically, we we, we didn't grow the fruit here. We bought this fruit from uh, a broom farm, so Ross and Y. They handpicked some Somerset Red Street for us, and we, we, uh, we, I think we milled it and macerated it for a bit, and then pressed it into tank and let it ferment wild with no, no SO2. And to be honest, I don't know if you read the notes we sent you, but it, it smelled like Satan's sphincter, basically for the, <laughs> in, for the. It, for so long in the, in the, in the fermentation. James, you, this you, is an advert for this tasting box. <laughs> and there's people that are listening in going, I'm on the fence. Shall I buy the next one? And you're like, this is Satan's sphincter. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, guys. But, but, you, you, but you, you, honestly, you couldn't go within 10 metres of the tank. It was so bad. So we tried all the things. You that gave you, it a new name. Didn't we called it Somerset Red Stink, obviously, after that. Hey. Um, I, I think that I might have had a sniff of You did. I was thinking that. Um, yeah. About, uh, yeah, a little while ago. Um, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Scott, yeah. note there, top yeah. of the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but, but we, we did the things you would do as a winemaker. Uh, you would, we, did, we did pump overs and stuff like that to try and get oxygen into the liquid and try and get the fermentation to be less smelly. And it kind of worked a little bit, but not really. But over time, the smelliness began to recede, although it remained smelly for a long time. But underneath the smelliness, there was the kind of fruit that I was expecting to see from Somerset Red Streak. So we didn't, we didn't panic too much. But um, when it had finally finished its ferment and it was tasting okay, the tannins were really hard and the liquid was hard. So we decided that we'd move it into, into three different barrels, two Chardonnay barrels and one, I think it was a cognac barrel, um, or was it a rum barrel? It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, just to try and soften those tannins. And what we found after, after quite a long time, this was in May 2020, so um, we decided that the two Chardonnay barrels actually began to taste really good and really different uh, different expressions of Somerset Red Streak. The other barrel, I think it was cognac, didn't, wasn't tasting so hot, so we left that. And these two barrels became this. But here we are now in March, and I still don't think it's quite ready. It's still evolving. What What is it that's not ready? How do, you know, for, I guess, for people who might might not even understand that a cider can be ready or not ready. What, what, what are we talking about here? I think predominantly it's nearly there, but there's a kind of when I taste it, there's a kind of slight soapiness, and that that there was quite a lot of soapiness, uh, you know, six months ago, but. It's kind of slowly, 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 slowly disappearing. And at the point where it disappears, that's when it will be ready. Well, you were saying, I wanted to bring up the horse and knowledge there um, <laughs> about uh, pulling overs. Uh, what, what is that process and what were you hoping to gain from that? Uh, pump overs. Pump over, yeah, yeah. Pump overs, yeah. Just, just to try and get oxygen into the, into the fermenting liquid because oxygen is a nu nutrient for yeast. Um, and often when a fermentation is really smelly, it's because it, the yeast are lacking. They have plenty of sugar, but they don't have other nutrients to help uh, to get a kind of um, uh, a nice kind of uh, uh, good fermentation. They're struggling a little bit. But the thing is that th this year um, we, we bought Somerset Red Streak from a different orchard and it was Beelzebub's butthole this year. <laughs> so there's, there's, something, there's something about Somerset Red Street that is naturally prone to this kind of reductive behaviour and fermentation, and it just doesn't smell good. Got to say, uh, you've got the variable of the apple, but also you're the variable as well that hasn't changed. So maybe it's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, always this, it's always this one apple. It's like... Uh. <laughs> maybe it is. Well, uh, if 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 nothing else, you know, if if you decide that's not for you, um, a, a future of alliterative uh, names of, of different products <laughs> is, is 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 your is your way forward. And, I can't wait to what what the next vintage has like when you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck, what, uh, the, poet, the but, uh, I mean, possibly the alliterologist. 
I was looking for ologists on here. Yes. If Scott, if Scott could secure the URLs and Twitter and <laughs> Instagram handles for that, I'd be very grateful for oh. it. This is my new side business. <laughs> yeah. yes. so, so one, anyway, one, one thing with this drink as well for me, um, the nose is so peculiar. Like it smells, it's, there's almost like a synthetic touch. Like it's got, it's like melon straw. And then there's this almost like, it's not foam banana. It's like foam. It smells like, well, when it sounds silly, but when you're a kid and swimming pools and you know, you've got the pool noodles, it's got that yeah. like s- plastic roundness to it. That I'm like, what, what is that? Yeah. I know what you mean. But, yeah. It's definitely, I, I agree. It's not ready anyway. I mean, now <laughs> on, the, on the, on the nose is, is quite reductive. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it does hit you. And if, if that softened off for me, it would be absolutely beautiful. Which it will. I mean, yeah. I think it, from a cider maker's point of view, it's tasting really good, but yeah. it just needs time. That's it. I mean, it's got, you know, it's, it's, it's fresh. It's bright. It's got those yeah, real, yeah, really definitely. bright, bright fruit. And there's just a few other things. There's a few things in it, which I don't like, and they'll disappear. Time and time is the kind of uh, friend of, of ciders like these. And good on you for including that in the pack, so yeah. that you can showcase to to people that the, the the ciders that you make and the in, in the way that you make them, they are on a journey, and that time is this absolutely incredibly important component that um, that differentiates the kind of ciders that you're making from 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 other ciders which have quite a short turnaround, and obviously with that becomes you know a lot of inherent sort of time and are taking up tank space or barrel space and there's extra sort of you know cost inherent in that and that you know time is a factor that is so hard to put a monetary value on but it obviously it is something that contributes towards your products um and makes them so unique and so like i say bravo for you for, for showcasing something that you think is not quite hey, there and, and, and why so that that's a really good thing I, re- I remember years ago uh getting the first uh art of darkness sample with felix of fine cider and i had that vintage uh throughout like a year and a half and it changed so much so mm. it's just it's yeah. testament also as well you guys uh picking when it's ready but also when you pick it that's like a point in time where until that's all gone it's going to keep going so speaking yeah. of keeping going number three uh susanna you want to give us the give us the lowdown so this is orange cider this uh is also the cider uh with no name because um our, our label and uh, it's, it's just got a, a beautiful, it's stripes. Um, and I know our listeners can't see it, but it's stripes with, a, with an, orange, an orange circle. And actually, uh, we don't have the name on it anywhere, do we, James? Well, we kind of designed the label, or, or, or my sister designed the label, and we didn't really think about it. And then suddenly we realized we had no name. And all our ciders have a name. <laughs> Some just it's like, it's just this thing. It's, it's basically the barcode. Uh, but anyway so well this is this is the one that james was speaking about that uh uh, was initially destined to be um old man and the bee 2019 so it's going to be quite an interesting sort of contrast people will be able to kind of it's come from the the home orchard but it's had a very different journey and i think yeah that's a fun bit to kind of illustrate isn't it yeah, it's basically it's basically um, Davenet and Harry Masters Jersey with a tiny amount of Perry pears in it. Um, and as I say, you know, we 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 did what we, not, we normally do. We pressed all the things together. We put them in tank to ferment, um, uh, and then we blended them later on. And then uh, we decided in 2019 uh, for the first time with Old Man on the Beat to put them into barrels. Um, and uh, and as I said earlier on, uh, during the course of time when they were in the barrels, it was clear that two of the barrels were taking a very different course from expected. And every time people came to the cider and were tasting the ciders, the the the, the, um, the constant tasting note was it tastes a bit like orange orange wine, which are is, is a probably a horse of knowledge thing now. But, <laughs> but oh, there we go. Uh, um, so and or, orange wines are named. Uh, uh, to cut a long story short, where you where it's a style of white wine, where after pressing the grapes, you don't run the juice away from the skins and sometimes the stalks. You leave the juice in contact with both the skins and the stalks, or either or both, um, to extract um, um, color and flavor. There's a lot of flavor left in the skins. 
And so you typically you'll get some wilder, savory, more tangy, more tannic aspects to those kind of wines. And they're really, really interesting. And it's a very, very old way of making wine as well. So this has become our little kind of homage to orange wines. And so a lot of people say that orange wines taste like cider, but maybe cider tastes like orange wines or vice versa. So, absolutely. So, absolutely. Blair's a, so. a bit of a natural um, a wine aficionado. Blair, what's your... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm an aficionado at all, but I appreciate natural wine quite a lot. <laughs> no, no. You you were bragging about it before the show. No, you can't even <laughs> stop talking about it. A hey, guy's going to ask me a question about natural you, you wine. You said I'm the natural winologist. That's what you were saying. Yeah, I, Scott, I need the URL and the handles as well. Oh, so. God. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Scott's going to be busy this week. <laughs> He's earning a treat. Yeah, um, with, with, with it, obviously, if you if you drink it and you like it, 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 it depends on kind of the your entry into wine and especially like with newer drinkers, like craft beer and natural wine have a kind of uh, uh, synergy to them. But like I just to briefly say, I came to wine from cider uh, and I remember the first one I had was an orange wine in Slovenia and I was like, mm. they've made they've made grape scrumpy like this is this is my jam like this is <laughs> this is what this is what i like about cider and the sommelier at this restaurant was like uh don't offend it and it was like no no that's the <laughs> highest compliment i can fucking give you but uh, highest compliments to you guys because the nose of this it's like it's like uh ripening mango leather tangerine juice it's almost like a little brandyish note like when you pop a yeah. bottle of cavossier or something it's like yeah. it's 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 beautiful, and it's also like on the nose, like "fuck you." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's kind of just I don't know why, but you know, every every barrel is is a complete individual, and I, yes. you know, I have no idea why these barrels did this to this liquid, but you can kind of see it's not in the same profile as Old Man on the Bee. No. This, this this would kick the old man to the curb. I, I think this is one of the best ciders you've made. Hey, like, oh, thank mm, you. Uh, I've thank already you had a bottle much. of it tonight. Um, no yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't a sort of oh that's why I'm saying it um, because my my box arrived He's today completely <laughs> 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 um, his, his box arrived his, he had a whole pallet to get through yeah. <laughs> do you know I, I think I think Grant the reason why you, you think this is one of the best sliders that uh, James, Susanna and Blair have made is because there's this amazing extra special 2% element in there that comes from this amazing village in oh, Gloucestershire. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. the, the actually... Dymok, is it? Is it you say Dymok, Gabe? Is that how you Dimock. pronounce it? <laughs> it's, your, your, your Scottish accent is doing something funny with the word... <laughs> Um, it's interesting that you've, you've, you've put in 2% of, of, of gin. This is a peri pear. Um, yeah. And does 2% really make a difference? Gabe, you know, it's. It, I think it was a master stroke on our, our part. Or, or, or. <laughs> no, basically, basically we, had too, we, we had too much headspace in the tank and that's all we had at the time to put it in. <laughs> You're like, quick, like, but, quick let's but, make a staircase as quick as we do, can. Well, I mean, do you do you think, Gabe, what, what do you think of I, I the think 2%? So. Are you thinking it's he can irrelevant taste it. or yeah. relevant? Because I, I definitely think it's... Well, you reckon? What? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. That's, I mean, like, that's quite it, possibly. It's hard to say unless it, you have something to com- compare it against. Um, the thing is that you you have you tried do it Puritan Perry twenty nineteen? Yes. So that was essentially the same. This two percent is essentially the same as that liquid. So and that had kind of a, a very lifted, slightly funky element. And I think maybe maybe the Dimmock Terroir. There we go. <laughs> could actually, that even in that, it could actually be in there. Dimmock Tower is his drag name. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dimmock Tower. Good evening. <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, you're going to need to get the URL and handles of that as well. Oh, yeah. You never know. Well, guys, so. uh, I mean, three amazing ciders, uh, three completely different. One of them not ready. Uh, that's just a stand up. <laughs> But, but no, for Quite me, close. this this guy, uh, it's it's wild, bold, and beautiful. Like I, I for me, Dead Flowers is the cider that I absolutely love from you guys, uh, big time. And also, Bashudo uh, was like a huge fucking game changer for me. But this is one of those that I can immediately tell 
oh, I need a bottle of that. I, honestly, I would, I would buy it all. It's, it's. I think it's, it's fantastic, and I also think it's yeah, a, good. I, whether it was a conscious decision or not. I know clearly it wasn't because you didn't put the name on the bottle, but to to call it orange cider is a is a masterstroke as well because I think yeah. it's going to bring Brilliant. so many people in to be like, oh, I well, I like orange wine, so I'll try this, and and it and it genuinely, it's not, it's not a gimmick. Like it's it's yeah. I, I would pour this for people and I don't think mm. aside from the fact that it's less boozy which I personally prefer because it brings more of the character uh, I, I, you, you might not know um, that that this was uh, not an orange wine Aye, exactly That's great, oh, brilliant, thank you So, uh, so well, what, what next chaps? Well, uh, I think you were saying that there's a very special one to try well, There yeah, is There's a very special one and, and um, this is a uh, this is what we call Solera Foxwelp. It's very close and, to our um, hearts. As you know, Foxwelp is... Uh, hey, it's producer Scott here. James and Susanna spoke at length about Foxwelp, but unfortunately, we had to cut it for time. Now, back to the show. Could you get a better cider apple than that? I don't think so. No, it's, it's the one for us. Over the years, that'll be it. Uh, be Let's get rid of the rest of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, as an event, uh, where can people find out more? Are there tickets for another one? Like, of, of, yeah, people want to know what's happening. So, um, this one that you guys have kindly done is basically sold out. Um, and <laughs> when we came up with the idea, we thought we'd probably struggle to sell 15 or 20 tickets, but... We put it online and we sold 60, which is like completely wow. amazing, completely amazing. So we have another one planned um, for, I think it's the 9th of April. Yes. And that's for club members only. Uh, but we are, we're going to do another dry cider tasting as well for um, people who couldn't get tickets for this one. Yeah. So and if we'll, anyone we'll would like it, date, yeah. yeah. If anyone is interested, if they w uh, email us, wasail at littlepomona.com, we'll, we'll let them know when we've set another yeah. date because... We, if if people would like to taste them like this, we'd love to share it with them. That's the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Looking for an excuse to drink with them, I'm sure. Yep. Very <laughs> worth joining the club, though, because apart from amazing <laughs> discounts and other special things, um, this uh, the next online cheater tasting is going to be a barrel tasting. So we'll be tasting stuff from 2020 predominantly directly from barrel. Um, so at a very early stage in their development. So it should be interesting. What, one last thing too, if I can add, is on our website, if you go to the Some Like It Still product, what, I, what I'm planning on doing is just putting a little sign up so you can leave your details if you're interested in another kind of tasting. Um, so. Oh, brilliant. And, and how do you sign up to the club guys? And just do it through our website. There's a there's a link there to to I think it's called join the club and and yeah. uh, it's it's pretty easy. We'd we'd love that. Yeah. It's uh it's it's really nice to have a chance to do that. Yeah. I just went back to Old Man and the Bee, and it it tastes after Foxwell, it tastes sweet. It's pretty <laughs> so we we really hope down the line we'll be able to see everyone yeah. in our tasting room yeah. when things allow. So. And then we'll be able to pour these for you in person and have that chat. Uh, so that would be really fun. But wow. Thank you, guys. No, yeah, thanks. Thanks so thank much. you. That's amazing, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for coming down to the hotel and, you know, just allowing us to kind of kick back uh, and you provide the the entertainment on the stage and, and, and give us lots of booze at the same time just to make sure that everybody is uh, totally aware of, of how to sign up to the club and to learn all about uh, Little Pomona and all of our activities. What, what's the website and what are, what are your social media handles? Where do people need to go? It is uh, littlepomona.com for the website and uh, across uh, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's just Little Pomona. So do join us in our journey. It would be wonderful. Yeah, amazing. It'd be great. And and as you alluded to, you've got a m most wonderful tap room uh, and tasting room that is just, just itching, aching, ready and waiting for people <laughs> to come in. 
yeah. and to be served by you kind people and to and taste these fantastic products. I, for one, am very much looking forward to doing that. Guys, thank you so much for joining us at the hotel. It's no, been a no pleasure. Worries, thank you. Thank Cheers you. to you all. Cheers. And, Cheers, guys. Uh, Thanks we'll a lot. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Hey. Hope so. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Uh, a thank you to James, Susanna, and Blair for joining us and to taking us through their um, for their tasting of their of their still ciders. Thank you, everybody at home who continues to to listen. Thank you so much. Um, obviously, we would very much like you to tell all of your friends about us uh, and to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to follow us, uh, Neutral Cider Hotel, on Insta and Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, we're Neutral Cider Pod. And always, as always, uh, you can get all of our uh, episodes at NeutralCiderHotel.com. Please do leave us your voicemail messages at SpeakPipe.com forward slash Neutral Cider Hotel. Tell us. Uh, leave us a message uh, and let's have some fun with that. So, uh, um, yeah, brilliant. Thank you, everybody. What, what a hoot. As per always, um, we will be seeing you next time around uh, here at the hotel. Just checking in. See you next time. Bye.